podcast. Here are your hosts, Cam and Kobe. Welcome to the Casual Preppers Podcast, the only place for prepping, survival, and entertainment. We are your hosts, Cameron and Kobe, and we are ready to bring survival goodness direct to your dirty little ear holes. I didn't even have my opener to read there. I was going to say, I was just about to say, wow, you got to memorize? (laughs) After 110 episodes? (laughs) I finally did. I don't know why it wasn't there. I usually have it there just in case, like halfway through. I did. That was pretty dang good. Didn't even stumble. Yep. Cam, I'm super duper excited today. I'm too. Um, What are we talking about? We're going to talk about Mm. and (laughs) (laughs) humping. That's what we're talking yeah, about. <laughs> in the in the SHTF. Yeah, EMP survival today, man. Yeah, um, we've uh we talked about it once before, but mm. we were inexperienced and young. Sure. Yeah. And mm. hadn't experienced a, a pulse of our own. Yeah, we haven't. <laughs> but we uh we had no pulse. It's a scary topic. It's a mm. very popular topic yes. in uh prepper communities. Mm. So we're gonna go after it. We're and gonna hit it hard. There's a lot. Yeah, there's a ton. There's a ton. We're so gonna we're try g- to make it fun, but there's a ton. <laughs> there's fun, but there's a ton. But did you know, I mean, speaking of EMPs, did you know that most subscription boxes are full of samples and junk you'll never use, Cameron? They do. But not Battlebox. It's the monthly subscription box for men, full of solid gear for adventure seekers, survivalists, outdoor enthusiasts, and Casuel Preppers. Each month, Battlebox sends you the coolest selection of hand-picked outdoor survival and everyday carry gear, all valued at far more than what you'd normally pay. You never know what's in the next box. But here's a sampling of what users received this month. The Condor Greenland Pattern Hatchet with Leather Sheath. Cam used the crap out of that sucker. I did. It is a beast. You like it? I split wood like no other. Did you? Yeah, I feel uh, like a lumberjack. Yeah. Like, it's the best one I've used. Is it? Uh-huh. Oh, nice. It's sharp. Condor good makes good weight, stuff. Good weight. Great handle. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Yeah, beautiful. And then there's also the Rescue Me Vehicle Escape Tool. Use that one, too. Yeah. Twice. Broke out of my car, even yeah. though I wasn't in trouble. Been in two Actually, lakes. I clicked that sucker on my thumb. Did it hurt? Oh, yeah. It <laughs> felt like I shattered my bone. <laughs> I clicked it like on because a box. Because it's weird because the button. Yeah, you're like, what, what's going on? It's you want to really push working. it because I was like, is that BB? But you have to push. But the push is where the yeah. little thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it impacted my thumb bone <laughs> and shattered it. Great. All this badassness starts at about 30 bucks a month. They've shipped almost a million boxes and one best men's subscription box of 2017. Our listeners get a free knife when you sign up at trybattlebox.com slash casualpreppers. Do you like free knives, Cam? I love them. They're they're great. I love all knives. Go to trybattlebox.com slash casualpreppers. Get your first battle box plus a free knife at trybattlebox.com slash casualpreppers. Listener reviews starts now that one knife mm. could be the one thing that saves your life the hey, knife, that's like a the knife could save your life <laughs> by the way battle box mm. their emp box was one of my oh, all-time favorites it was so good so anyway so good we, great. remember we made a video on that one it was a good video yeah too. that was a great one it was great so listener reviews that we got maybe one of the best ones we've ever I got so for uh a shocking s- one. several reasons but do you want to take it or do you want us. me to it's up to you um yeah i'll take it i'll take it go ahead Greetings from Mother Russia. <laughs> hey, guys. Hi, guys. Hi. Rookie Russian prepper here. Been listening to you for more than a year now. Love the show, especially the book recommendations and the voices. The Russian one is really funny, even though it is far from being Russian. You are reading my message in Russian voice right now, don't you? <laughs> that's, that's my favorite part. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't you? <laughs> don't you? Some people might think your Russian-related jokes are offensive, but... I like you guys, and I consider (laughs) us all being the United Prepper Brotherhood, and don't give a damn 
about the cultural and nationality differences. This guy is more American. Mm, I love him. Like, Freaking seriously, him. he's a stud. Mm-hmm. You both cheered me up a lot during some harsh times of my life. I can't thank you enough for that. Keep up the good work. Mm-hmm. You, If you ever go to Moscow, <laughs> this part cracked me up, yeah. the best local kvass, I don't know how you say it, and mm. Tashanka's are on me. Jokes aside, Tashanka's awful. They make some great steaks here. Stay safe. Dimitri. Oh my gosh. What a stud, man. If they would ever let us in Moscow, I would love to go. The thing, it's like, okay, this country, and we and we do like the Russian. Oh, yeah. It's like one of the f- best accents ever. So much fun. And um, the dude's not even offended. No. He's, He's like, beautiful. I, I hate Americans, man. He's a beautiful soul. <laughs> no, yeah. it's just like Americans nowadays just get yeah. offended by everything. And so I, w- I looked at this at first and I'm like, maybe this is just a hoax and somebody's just doing it to me. Me too. Funny. I was wondering but about that. But then you can actually see where these Dimitri were posted via from. Apple Podcasts, Dimitri Russia. via Apple Podcast Russia. It's from Russia. <laughs> and his so name is, is like Dimitri. Classic. So it's perfect. Uh, thank you. And if you guys want to be a part of this portion of the podcast, go to iTunes, go to Facebook, go to the Kindle book on Amazon, leave us a five star review and make it awesome. All right. Usually at this point, we would go to the <laughs> Mad Mad, Mad World, World. But we're, we're going to kind of skip that today because we have so much information on EMPs. Like it's, it's an overload. It is an overload. So it's we're going to try. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. That was the wrong one. Oh. Can't ever remember which one it is. Ah, you need to draw a little drum I do. on there. Drummer. Uh, bad joke button right there. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about EMPs. And the first place we kind of have to start is the U.S. power grid, right? Yeah. Because how that, susceptible is it? How, yeah. Is it how, good? What is the power grid? What does it look like? And what are the vulnerabilities there? Because when we talk about an EMP, that's where the big problem lies is with the power grid, right? So America's power grid is actually comprised of three smaller grids. I think we've talked about this before, but they're called interconnections. And basically, they move the electricity around the country, right? There's the eastern interconnection that operates in states east of the Rocky Mountains. The western interconnection covers the Pacific Ocean to the Rocky Mountain states. And then, of course, Texas has their own. Texas is like, bullshit. We're doing whatever we want. We have our own grid. That's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. So those are the three. So if if an EMP were to basically... What's their grid? The Texas Interconnected? The Texas Interconnected. Oh, it should be like the Alamo grid. (laughs) Yeah. The last stand (laughs) grid or something. Longhorn grid. Yeah. Um, So basically, for an EMP to shut down America... It needs to affect all three of these grids in some way, shape, or form because. Yeah, so that's a good thing. That it's, it's a good all thing. Separated. Yeah, I mean the bad thing is it's all kind of. It all, is there's some other bad things, right? Um, so most people say that the atmosphere above the midway Midwest Midway Midway has been speculated as the best target for um, a high altitude nuclear bomb because that's where you would kind of get a piece of everything, right? Yeah. So you gotta you gotta kind of look at that. So the power transformers are kind of the backbone of the grid. I don't know anything about electricity, so I'm going to just get through this jargon. I love I transformers. They're the greatest. Ultimate. Yeah. Autobots. Maximus. Great. Oh my gosh. See, I can't even say his <laughs> name right. <laughs> Optimus no. Prime. Optimus Prime. Dude. He's, he's the What best. would happen to the transformers during... They would die. Dang it. Dude. Why didn't they just do that in the movies? I don't know. We'll just <laughs> EMP them all. <laughs> Didn't they it a couple of times? Didn't, I think they did. Wasn't a there bit. something about that? Anyways, some transformers at power stations basically they'll increase voltage so that it can be transmitted many miles, while others will step down the voltage so it can enter your homes at safe levels, right? So that's basically what a transformer does. I could be lying, but this is what I found it on the internet. Sounds great. Yeah. Large ones can take months to repair or rebuild. 
So, I've seen that on multiple places. Like, yeah. And it's complex. And I've even seen some places say it could be a, a year or more to get That's a new one finished. Too. Yeah. So basically... If something happens, when that raccoon to him, crawls up there and gets fried, and yeah. oh man, that's expensive. It's not good. This could result in really long-term blackouts uh, because of these transformers and how long they take to to rebuild. And, and well, look at like the hurricane aftermath. Yeah. How long it takes, it takes them forever. to restore energy? Like, yeah, they people get like that. I know that the like electrical teams they get like spit on. People mm-hmm. are like, "Where's my power?" Yeah, you're like trying, man. It takes a long time. Buddy. I don't think they still have power in Puerto Rico, probably. I doubt it. Or maybe right. they didn't even before. I think they Who shut knows? down. <laughs> that island is done. Yeah, they're just, they everybody moved out. <laughs> um, Mosquitoes all took over. Yeah. Some people, or some places say that many, if not all of these, are actually made in China. I believe That's it. what I've... That's great. I read in a few places. Again... We rely so much on China. Uh, like, do. to do. a level of, not, we are China. Yeah, we're not, it's not good. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's not good. We're Americans walking in in a Chinese environment. And again, a lot of there's so much freaking information online about EMPs and in these types of things. There's a lot of conflicting information. Right. So I'm gonna try and give you the best that we have, and and even some of the information that you and I got. The great EMP debate. Yeah, or is a little bit conflicting. So we'll talk about it. Is now I I saw that and I wanted it to leave it on purpose. Yep. Mm -hmm. So because it's that way. We'll give you both sides of each coin, and and if there's any coins left, I don't think we have any coins left actually. Um. So there have been several studies that show if a substation control houses are made of mostly metal, the damage is less because it's basically like it's a Faraday box or or cage around this thing. Uh, Again, these debates are ongoing and there's currently some more studies taking place. But just so you know, the grid is super vulnerable to an EMP, a CME and other cyber attacks and weather events. So they're trying to they're trying to harden it against all of these things and many people actually think that the weather events and the cyber attacks are more of a pertinent thing to look at. Um, probably true and it might be true it might not it's hard to know yeah so anyways the grid is super susceptible to these types of things um yeah. so actually let's go let's look at the emp or the HEMPs. yeah i think it i think it's good that you mentioned that because there is a lot of conflicting information there's a lot there's an expert and talks about this is probably mm-hmm. some say we're really not that vulnerable and others say that we're very vulnerable yeah yep um so anyways uh we'll make it more confusing here we go uh, yeah. so, and, um, <laughs> so the EMP is an electromagnetic pulse from both, either from the sun mm-hmm. or from, uh, a weapon. Um, it's a burst of electromagnetic radiation of which includes visible light, radio waves, microwaves, and other waves, links, mm-hmm. different ones. Um, but not all, not all EMPs are equal. It's true. But a large EMP burst, either man-made or natural, can easily destroy modern society it wipes out all of our delicate electrical equipment that we have mm-hmm. and we have some really pretty high-tech stuff you know yeah a lot of high super stuff. yeah super high-tech and it's really pretty delicate underneath that shell mm-hmm. like anyway um so one of the things that we hear about a lot as preppers is uh an emp resulting from a nuclear weapon mm-hmm. explodes over the earth whatever you know several you know, 300 miles above earth and it causes this massive wave of power. Is that how high it is? 300 miles? Yeah, there's a whole bunch of different studies showing. Okay. But um, the higher you go, the more area, but the weaker the pulse. But anyway, um, it comes, just to break it down, I'm not, you know, I'm not an electrical physicist or anything. We're going to talk about pulses, okay? All right. 
Mine's there's steady. an E1, there's E2, and E3, all that comes from this detonated nuke, the the pulse. And E3 is where the video games are, right? <laughs> yeah. It happens every year. Every year. <laughs> this year they canceled it. They did, yeah. But it's a great thing to watch. So the E1 pulse hits first. It's extremely short but powerful, a ton of electromagnetic energy. That's um, what they say about me. Gamma radiation. <laughs> Super. Tons of energy. Yeah. He's just like a short and powerful, though. Mm-hmm. Um, tractor beam. Suck me right in. Tractor beam. <laughs> suck me right in. <laughs> um, so they, in turn, hit each other, creating mm-hmm. this cascade of electrons that smashes into Earth. And for us human beings and our bodies, we're not cyborgs. We wouldn't even notice it. Yeah. It's just like, and your power is all messed up. So the voltage spike is too fast to be stopped by ordinary. Um, so the voltage spike is too fast to be stopped by ordinary lightning surge protectors. So it just blasts through them and it knocks them out. Usually fries those. And there's some debate here that these surge protectors may protect some of the device from that, but it basically yeah. destroys the protector. So then your the your device is vulnerable. The E2 pulse is pretty much. It's it's a, a limp pulse. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It doesn't really give enough to damage anything. Mm-hmm. Um it follows at the heels of the E one, similar to the similar to an EMP produced by a lightning strike. So we we kind of have a lot of things protected by this and it doesn't it kind of dissipates. It doesn't really cause that much energy. So we don't have to worry about the E two, but the E three is like the final blow. Uh, it's the slowest and longest component of the EMP. It's, the, it's, it's got a lot of endurance. Mm. It's the best part. That's what they Girls like. Girls like the uh, E3. Pulse. Yeah, they like it. Uh, uh, oh, my wife didn't hear that part. Um, <laughs> it is caused when the nuclear explosion heaves the Earth's mad- magnetic field, so it's like kind of this... Boom. Disturbs the yeah. field around it. Uh, the duration of the E3 pulse over, uh, over countable miles long wire. So this is what kind of travels down along phone wires and power so things that are all interconnected this is the pulse that really kind of causes havoc uh to all these different devices and um it's important to understand that any conductor including unplugged power cord of an electrical device will become an antenna for that um it's just going to basically pick up those waves and so it's, it's going to go through it, it all right? around yeah. just like electricity like to travel mm-hmm. down these things so even though it's not on, which I, I, I'd read too, if things aren't on, it's a little bit less likely to and be damaged. And if things aren't plugged into the grid, yeah, there's... Yeah, you may not have... Yeah, it's so hard to know. And computers, you know, they're built in a metal case. You never yeah. know. So mm-hmm. we don't know to the extent with our new modern technology mm-hmm. and, and delicate stuff how, how much it will destroy all of it. Like in um, one second after. Yeah. Like it wiped everything. Yeah, out. just one second and like after. cars and everything. One second after, and it was done. book was over. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so um, pretty devastating, and we've seen this actually. Uh, so a lot of it's theoretical on what it'll do to the modern day stuff, but it has been tested in real life. Yeah, I think Kobe mentioned these in the first time, the first episode of EMP. There's two major events that they used to test this: the Starfish Prime, which was an American test, and then the Russian test, which was the K Project. I like the name of the Starfish Prime, though. That sounds awesome. Again, I think it sounds like a progressive rock band or something. <laughs> <It> totally does. <laughs> Starfish yeah. Prime. Starfish Prime's new album. So um, this was conducted July 9, 1962, high-altitude nuclear test conducted by the U.S. Mm-hmm. And in joint effort with the Atomic Energy. you got to mention them. Yeah, you got to. Honorable mention of the Defense Atomic, 
Atomic Support Agency. They were there. I call them DASA. Yeah. <laughs> they were, uh, so this was at John's, Johnston Atoll mm-hmm. Island. Um, this nuclear test was conducted in outer space. There's actually five. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either, actually. That's a lot yeah. of conductions out of space. I bet you aliens are pissed. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. They're still getting waves hitting. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the Starfish Prime caused an EMP that was far larger than expected, so much larger that it drove much of the instrumentation off the scale, causing great difficulty in getting accurate measurements. That, see, that's part of the issue is we didn't really get great measurements because we didn't expect it to be such no. a big deal. Yeah. And then... And this is, like, the equipment used back then was a lot more, like, intense and hard and thick, like, thick metal. This is where it makes me think that we are more vulnerable than they think. Yeah, it's hard to know, man. Because, like, um, a lot of this was military equipment. Mm -hmm. And the thing, too, is that it passed beyond where they were testing, traveled 898 miles, and hit Hawaii. So uh, it caused 300 streetlights to, like, burst or go out. Mm -hmm. A burglar alarms went off and it damaged the telephone company's microwave link. People couldn't microwave for years. I didn't get my burritos for like <laughs> forever. Yeah. So um this was like they they had this way mm-hmm. more intense magnetic pulse than they expected that, you know, caused a ton of damage, even clear like almost a thousand miles away, which is it's nutty. Insane. Dude. And Russia, we know, goes big. They go all the way. They do. They really do. Go big or go home. (laughs) Yeah. So they conducted the same. Um, They fired a missile uh, at the Kapuskin Yard launch site in Russia across central Kazakhstan toward Sari Sagan test range. I don't know how to say these. Um, You did pretty good, actually. The worst effects of the Soviet high altitude test were from the EMP in 1962. So what it did, I think I can scroll down here a little bit. Um, so they had like the, the electromagnetic pulse fused all of the 500, 570 kilometer monitor overhead telephone line with a measured current of 1500 to 3,400 amps during the test. The monitored telephone line was divided into sub lines of 40 to 80 kilometers, 25 to 50 miles in length, separated by repeaters. Each sub line was protected by fuses and gas filled voltage protectors. So what happened was this EMP, they had all this protection system, see, see, mm, see? the EMP from uh, the K3 nuclear test caused all of the fuses to blow and all of the overvoltage protectors to fire in all of the sublines oh of 350 mile telephone line. So it just like cooked it all. And um, so obviously it travels fast. It travels down all these lines. And so these tests show the potency and power of like a, a nuke that's... Um, well, and the EMP even caused destruction of the Karaganda power plant. It oh, yeah, that's down right. I didn't say a that. thousand kilometers of shallow buried cables between Astana and Almaty. So again, it Boom. went way outside of the testing yeah. range, causing this massive For sure. pulse of energy. And more recent was uh, in late 2014, the EPRI, the Electric Power Research Institute, began conducting a study on the potential of EMP. And this is kind of about the time Trump was saying, we need to look into this. Um, so real quick on this, they had a, they did like a sim, I, they basically were a little bit more mathematical and kind of did use a lot of computer generated modeling yeah. to see what would happen. 
And they, this is some of the conclusions that they came to. The detonation at 200 kilometers can affect a circular area of about 3 million square miles. But That's not a lot all, of miles. What's that? That's a lot of miles. That's a lot of miles. But not all areas included within those three square miles would experience the maximum impact of the MP. The E1 that we talked about, the mm-hmm. first initial pulse, did show significant damage, and that requires that we be better prepared and figure out how to stop this. It recommended like low uh, local voltage surge protection devices, filters. So those are important still. Yeah, they are. Still plug in your uh, computers and stuff to those. Shielded cables with proper grounding, fiber optic based communications, enhanced electrical magnetic shielding of electric substation control houses. So they did come to a conclusion they need to do a little bit more to protect. They found the E2 still, again, wasn't really worth yeah, it wasn't Being a big deal about. still. Yeah. E3 would cause large surge of energy, but it would be quick, unlike the C- a CME, which Kobe will talk about. It potentially would cause a huge surge of power into the transformers, and they would need to discharge their load. That's I put a, that in there because that's what they said, and I was like, that sounds great. That's a different dark side so of the moon So it would or cause something. them to fail, mm-hmm. but they don't believe it would be in bulk and knock out an entire grid. Mm-hmm. So really, like this article that was um, in Forbes magazine... You can actually look up the EPI uh, RI website, mm-hmm. and it kind of briefly summarizes this. But they didn't feel it would be as devastating as as all these other previous studies. But you know, I don't. This is predicted out of smart minds and computers. They yeah. didn't actually conduct the tests. Yeah. So and yeah, it's crazy, man. There's so predictions many predictions. Never. Yeah. Are what they you know. You can't predict some things. So, obviously, the EMP from a nuke is a big deal. Um, but there's also an EMP from a CME, right? Oh, yeah. So, basically, that's a coronal mass ejection. Um, it is a significant release of plasma and accompanying magnetic field from the solar corona. They often follow solar flares and are normally present during a solar prominence eruption. So basically, oh. there's those solar storms, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's what it is. When, that already happened. This year. That already happened. Yeah, there actually was. Um, so there's these solar flares, and along with them are these coronal mass ejections. Um, they lo- happen all the time, like the little yeah. solar flares, mm-hmm. but it's yep. just this massive one. Yep. <laughs> Along with solar flares of other origin can disrupt radio transmissions and cause damage to satellites and electrical transmission line facilities resulting in potentially massive and long-lasting power outages. So this is really similar to what would happen with the nuclear detonation like like Cam was talking about. So here's where we've got some conflicting information because a lot of the stuff that that Cam found and that I saw as well was saying um, the nuke is a much bigger issue to deal with. I don't think so. And... Yeah, and but there's a lot of people that were saying that, that it's yeah, going to be worse. Yeah, it was. There was a ton. I think probably uh-huh. the majority. But uh, there's there's an article that I found that actually said that space weather induced EMPs are much more significant threat than nuclear EMPs for the following reasons. So here's some of the reasons they were giving: a massive solar storm is more likely to happen in any given year than a major nuclear 2020. war. Yeah, exactly, or a nuke based terrorist attack. Right. <clears throat> so just the the fact that. It's, it's more unpredictable. Likely. Yeah, and it can happen, and yep. it's way more and that's powerful. That, that's the next one. A major space weather event is inevitable, yet the timing is unpredictable, and we may have only twenty minutes in advance notice or none at all. So, I how they'd even have notice? I, I don't guess know. They're hitting a satellite. Yeah, they, that's probably what they. Yeah, what they would do. But it's the first thing is it's inevitable. Like, it's going. <laughs> yeah, and it's lose power it's to it all. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. Yeah. And we don't know when. So that's some of the reason why they say 
Well, this I is was actually... going to text you before that I thought it was mm-hmm. kind of... I'm like, I, this is more terrifying to me. Yeah, for sure, yeah. Um, the modern electrical grid wasn't and still isn't designed to handle the full range of EMP the sun can throw at the Earth. So there's a much larger scale of what it can do, um, and we're not ready for it. We have very little hard data about what will actually happen to the grid in some of the worst-case scenarios. So we have to rely on mostly on sophisticated models and theories, and that's what Cam was talking about with those models and theories and computers. Like They're just guessing. They are. They're theories, yeah. right? They guessed about the nuclear bomb until, uh-huh. they, until they actually did it. Actually did it. <clears throat> yeah. So here's the last one I think is most important. A big enough space weather event would have global effects. So this isn't localized wherever this bomb is taken out. If it's big enough... It's going to affect the entire globe. And that's what, to me, is really scary. Because if you take down the grid on most of the planet, where is the relief effort going to come from? Because yeah. there's nowhere. That's that's what I thought, too. So that's, I'm like, if all of these are built in China, yes. as much as China hates us, uh-huh. they probably would come into exactly. some agreement to send us to some transformers. Mm-hmm. If everybody's dead... There's or no every, everybody has no power. It doesn't matter. You can't communicate. So that's why this could be worse than yeah, a nuclear it's event. Way more terrifying. So these things have happened in the past, and the most popular or the most um, famous one is called the Carrington event. Uh, Richard Carrington, he was an amateur astronomer. He was in his he had a personal observatory, so he sounded like he was a rich snobby dude. He, you know what I mean? Within his personal observatory. When he saw what he described as two patches. What in, year was this? <clears throat> um, I'll get to that, Cameron. <laughs> I was just wondering because I was going to make a joke about it. Uh, Could you get me my telescope? Maybe I didn't put the year on here. It was like 18-something. Yeah, it was. Okay, good. So he's like, yeah. Here, here. You might have to look that up for me. I don't know why I didn't put the year in here. Um, Doesn't matter. So he saw the two patches of intensely bright and white light erupting from sunspots. Five minutes later... 1859. 1859. Five minutes later, the fireballs vanished. But within hours, their impact would be felt across the globe. So he witnessed the fireball? Yeah, he actually saw it. That's so crazy. So that's why it's called the Carrington event, because he's the one that saw it first. That night, telegraphic communications around the world began to fail. There wasn't a lot as far as electronics goes back then, but telegraph was a big deal, right? They were doing that. Um, and it, a lucky dude to be looking at that. I know, isn't that crazy? <laughs> there were reports of sparks showering from telegraph machines, shocking operators, and setting papers ablaze. All over the planet, colorful auroras illuminated the nighttime skies. I remember reading about that. That's what sounds crazy. Glowing so brightly... That, that would feel like the end of the yeah. world. <laughs> Glowing so brightly that birds began to chirp and laborers started their daily chores, believing the sun had begun <laughs> rising. <laughs> I love how like, the workers are like mechanical. Yeah, just, sun's up. Uh, sun's that's out, guns out. How, Let's go. I mean, that's how it would be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some thought the end of the world was Anybody at hand. Anybody's preparing like a bank robbery. Well, we were going to do it at night. Shh, what? Foiled again. <sighs> <laughs> you know? Stupid CME. Yeah. So many telegraph lines across North America were rendered inoperable on the night of August 28th as the first two successive solar storms struck. E.W. Colgan, a telegraph manager in Pittsburgh, reported that the resulting currents flowing through the wires were so powerful that platinum contacts were in danger of melting and streams of fire were pouring forth from the circuits. <laughs> Isn't it? Wouldn't this scare the crap out of you? He's like, oh, it would be terrifying. Our telegraph is demon operated at this point you wouldn't know 
In Washington, D.C., telegraph operator Frederick W. Royce was severely shocked as his forehead grazed a ground wire. According to a witness, <laughs> an arc of fire jumped oh. from Royce's head to the telegraphic equipment. So it's like... <laughs> in his face, man. Uh, some telegraph stations that used chemicals to mark sheets reported that powerful surges caused telegraph paper to combust. That's one thing they don't talk a lot about in the EMPs, like, even in one second mm-hmm. after... Like the fires and the yeah. sparks and exactly. Um, when American Telegraph Company employees arrived at their Boston office at 8 a.m., they discovered that it was impossible to transmit or receive dispatches. The atmosphere was so charged, or however. Was it 8 a.m. They, well, they thought it was too early. <laughs> that oper- 5 a.m. The atmosphere was so charged, however, that operators made an incredible discovery. They could unplug their batteries and still transmit messages to Portland, Maine, at 30 to 90 second intervals using only auroral current no joke so just they were using the power in the in the air, air. <laughs> oh my gosh supercharged newspapers from france and australia featured glowing descriptions of brilliant auroras that had turned the night into day one eyewitness account from a woman on sullivan's island in south carolina ran in the charleston mercury the eastern sky appeared of a blood red color it seemed the brightest exactly in the east as though the full moon or rather the sun were about to rise it extended almost to the zenith. The whole island was illuminated. The sea reflected the phenomenon, and no one could look at it without thinking of the passage in the Bible which says, All right. The sea was turned to blood. Yeah, every, I'm yeah. sure you think it's the end of the world. The shells on the beach reflecting light resembled gold, coals of fire. That is insane. Dude. Like embers burning. Yeah. The, that's mm-hmm. freaky. So this was a pretty significant solar event, obviously, um, and these are pretty regular when it comes down to it, in, in the yeah, whole the vast history of everything, right? So what would happen if that happened today? In 2008, a report from the National Academy of, Science, of Sciences says it could cause, quote, extensive social and economic disruptions due to its impact on power grids, satellite communications, and GPS systems. The potential price tag could be between $1 trillion and $2 trillion. And that's probably a low estimate yeah. for today's money at this point. So Amazon could pay for it. Yeah, Amazon could pay for it. But there would be no Amazon because it's all digital, <laughs> right. right? So that's the Carrington event, and it's an, it's a scary thing. And the biggest, scariest thing about it is that it will happen again. Yeah. yeah. It's going to. Yeah, it's not like, we don't will know they when. fire a nuke at us? Will they? Yeah. It, the sun's like. It's coming. He's going to blow its It's coming. Thingy. Yeah. <laughs> it's blow its thingy. It's, it's mass. <laughs> Ejection. So there was actually one that happened in 1989. It was a geomagnetic storm. It was far weaker than the Carrington event. It, it's an X-15 class storm, apparently. Oh, right, right, right. It triggered auroras as far south as Florida and Texas, wow. and it still knocked out the power grid in Quebec for nine hours and caused physical damage to large power transformers. Baby. baby. A baby mass ejection. It's a little. That's scary, though. So those are coronal mass ejections, man. It's yeah. a big deal. So, um... With these different types, no matter what they are, what kind of disruption is it going to cause oh, to our daily life? So let's talk about the essentials of life, yeah. water and food. Yeah. <clears throat> our water is conveniently pumped into our houses. We have water pressure. We have, mm-hmm. we can water lawns, drink water. All that stuff is going to shut down. And then mm-hmm. the biggest problem with stagnant water <laughs> is that it gets dirty mm-hmm. and it Ew. gets yucky and Ew. gucky. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> poop and pee and stuff. So that immediately becomes a problem mm-hmm. if you don't have uh, a replenishable water supply. Yeah, because a lot of these places, like the 
you know, there's pumps that maybe have backup generators. Or you or have a, a big water tower. It's all gravity-fed. But eventually, the gas runs out or the water in the tower runs exactly. out and all those things. Yeah, it, it's so crazy. It's like eventual. I was looking at reports about how much water is needed for energy production mm-hmm. and oh. how much water, how much energy production is needed for water. Yeah. Like, it's they a vicious both, cycle. They both should never go together, mm-hmm. but they both have to go together in our country. Yeah. To give us what we have. So, um, so water itself, if you don't have a water supply mm-hmm. or you're able, like rivers aren't going to shut off, but <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> we don't know. Good. Rocks. You never know. <laughs> the rocks aren't working. <laughs> the grass is broken. <laughs> the earth just stops spinning. Clouds are Water stopped. just floats off the earth <laughs> along with us. But yeah. Um, it's the rapture. But yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, so um, all of our convenient Modern day water delivery. The river Shut stopped down. working. <laughs> Honey, something's wrong. Something wrong with Sky's the river. all purple and pink, and the river's not running anymore. The river's a lake. <laughs> there it goes up in the sky. Stagnant. Um, but then water uh, becomes a cesspool, mm, yeah. disease, and all that. So, water, that's scary. Food supply. Um, so, this, this kind of made me think back not too long ago. When the crisis of the COVID mm. happened. The and crisis of the COVID. <laughs> like I said that. Yeah. The pandemic, when it started and everybody lost their minds and went and just like cleaned shelves off mm-hmm. in the grocery stores. Like it made me nervous, you know, because I wanted my soda pop. <laughs> you I wanted my Lay's potato chips. Yeah. No, but like some of that stuff, we didn't have a lot of uh, spaghetti and stuff like that. I was like, mm. good thing that trucks are going to start rolling back in deliver more food to us um that food supply that chain is going to be broken because we don't know the effect it's going to have on uh transportation of food and that's like yeah. in our area mm. that's what we rely on completely 100%. like we're not close to anything no all of our food shipped in um so once you lose that and everybody goes nuts and cleans off the uh shelves then what do you do you've got to Hurry and grow a garden. Yeah. What if it's in the middle of the winter? And what if the rivers are broken? And what if the rivers are broken? <laughs> what are you going to do? And then compounded by the issue of you lose your refrigeration mm. and all that food in there is, uh, you got to eat it real fast. Yeah, super fast. So you can't store food very well if you don't already have some food stored. So you lose cooling. You uh, you don't get new stocked foods every day at the grocery store or limited amounts that they ration. You're not getting any and we saw how much of an effect it had on if there's no restaurants buying food from farmers yeah. or eating it. It just goes, it just spoils. Yep. Like they bad. were like burying onion fields and potato yep. fields and stuff. And it's like. Doesn't that just grow more potatoes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll just, re- just bury it and it's all going to come back. We'll get twice as many next year. <laughs> That's true. Uh, the safest thing to do. Kids, bury it. it's bury it because it's going to grow right back. Bury them taters. That's, yeah. that's next year's hash browns. Bury it in rows. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so once the demand for our, like all that gets broken up, mm. we lose all these, all the production of food and then the transportation of food to grocery stores, to restaurants. Yeah. And then there's a food crisis and that's pretty freaking scary. So it's that's super food and water. Scary. All that stuff 
is affected heavily on electrical yeah. and power and and that's kind of where we're going here utilities and again this is a much debated topic what's going to happen to the grid the utilities yeah. and all those things we really don't know um the meditech report uh, was declassified in 2010 and it has formed the basis for numerous government agencies disaster planning scenarios including fema they modeled the impact of a Carrington-class solar event on North America, and their simulations resulted in over 120 million people without power, and the majority of the grid is offline for four to ten years. Four and to this all applies very well to cyber attacks, exactly. too. Yeah, it's know, all the same it's thing. All, you yeah. lose this grid. Four to ten years. I mean, at, at ten years, do you even pull the grid back on? At that point, you're just like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's been ten years. We don't need it. Right? Seriously, I mean, we've, what learned, do you do? we've learned to live without it. Yeah. So that's the Meditech report. Um, contrast this to the famous 2013 report from insurance company Lloyd's of London. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For all your insurance needs. Um, <laughs> solar storm risk. Lloyd's of London. <laughs> Lloyd's of London. The best insurance on all the land. <laughs> um, solar storm. little Irish. <laughs> well, they're close. Yeah, they're all the same. <laughs> they're all the same damn people. They all drink tea. They're all the UK. Yeah. Solar storm risk to the North American electrical grid, which modeled... A <laughs> Lloyds of London. <laughs> Lloyds of London. Um, which modeled a Carrington-class storm and projected between 10 million and 40 million people without power for months or years just in the northeastern U.S., with the rest of the U.S. grid still intact and functioning normally. Uh, in the February 2019 Senate testimony from Dr. Randy Horton, senior program manager at the industry-funded Electric Power Research Institute, insists there is little risk to the modern grid from an E3 pulse. Damage is unlikely or minimal, and the Meditech report, which shows over 100 transformers offline, is far too pessimistic. He does concede that the E1 pulse would be damaging, though. So th I'm As just a prepper, don't we think... In more of a pessimistic mindset. I think like so. We should. But I'm just, that's like three different reports right there. Um, yeah, exactly. Contrast these no. yes, yes, optimistic no. assessments. Sounds like our government. With those from the U.S. government, like the 2017 EMP Commission report or a 2017 Air Force report on EMP threats, both of which suggested that even a relatively small nuke on an intermediate range missile could be a civilization ender for the yeah. United States. So, Holy crap, there's so many different yeah. people and saying then, so like, many different some things. Like some of them saying like within a year 90% will be dead. Yes. And yeah. it's like that's a pretty I don't huge know. amount, but the other thing I, we never really talked about in here is if somebody is to fire a nuke over us, they have other reasons. Yeah. So once they knock out our power, they can invade. That ain't the end of it all. Yeah. That ain't They're the wanting end. to get rid of us. Yes. And to why not that's The catalyst would be tanks and bombs and planes yeah, and Exactly. So we didn't even talk about that. So um, I, I tell you all this just to let you know that just to scare you the crap out. Nobody of you. knows. This is all theoretical, and everybody has their opinions. Just what we're saying is get ready because it's not going to be good either. Don't way. rely on power. Yeah, we'd face many important challenges in a national grid down scenario, but two of the worst are the black start problem and the nuclear spent fuel problem. Both of these sound. I've never heard scary. about these, and like it makes. Sense. It really does. So black start is when a power plant comes online either for the very first time or after a full shutdown. They call that a black start. Um, in every case, no matter the power plant type, this is key, a black start requires power from some external source. Typically, it's the like power a car grid. being dead. You can't yeah. jump your car without another power source. Um, you know, some, some plants do have on-site generators specifically for this purpose, but many need to have this external power source. So crazy. 
what are you going to do? If there's an EMP and everything is knocked out, you can't get it yeah. back on without power. Can you call the other nuclear plant and tell them we're down? <laughs> exactly. Can they send us some power? Um, many plants also need some sort of matching load from the grid in order to work properly. They need devices out there drawing power from them as they spin up because it's, it can, yeah, it's a delicate dance of supplying power from yeah. an outside source and bringing up the generator. Um, and yeah, so yeah, so if you watch the HBO, like the Chernobyl one, it mm-hmm. kind of showed you that when yeah. they brought the power really low, all of a sudden it just yeah shot bad. through the roof exactly. when they brought it back up. So the Black Start uh, system-wide has never been attempted before, so we don't know exactly what would happen here. So Black Start is something you got to think about, but much worse than that people think are actually the meltdowns at the 60, nuclear, 60 or so nuclear power plants in the United States. The plants themselves are designed to be safely shut down to scram in nuclear power jargon in the event of an emergency, but the problem is not the reactors themselves. It's the spent fuel rods that are stored on-site in unshielded metal-walled cooling tanks. If the on-site backup generators that keep the water flowing over those fuel rods shut down Mm. and they only have about seven days' worth of diesel on-site, then those rods will begin to heat up. And then yeah. eventually, then you have all this radiation shooting out. You go into uncontrolled meltdown, and they'll start spewing radiation into the environment. Journal. They're doing what they're made to do. Exactly, but they're not controlling. They're not that. controlled. It. Yep. So, holy mackerel, that is scary. It is terrifying. That is super scary. So again, go back to our nuclear meltdown episode. Yeah. If you live near a nuclear power plant. Just beware of those things. That that's a big. You're deal. gonna probably want to bug out. Yeah, exactly. Away from it. So other essentials far. that are gonna be lost or interrupted besides just the power, right? Um, when that happens, manufacturing, water treatment, food, food and fuel distribution, like you talked about, yeah. financial services, internet, tele- telecommunications, public and private transportation, everything relies on computers and power. Um, the recently released FEMA scenario. You're be doc, able to Google what to do. No. Because Google won't be there anymore. FEMA expects that this is crazy. All communications, with the possible exception of some top-secret satellite communications, will go dark by the eighth day after a Carrington-style EMP. Well, that's not very long. Eight days. That's the entire country's telephone, internet, and satellite communication systems offline, largely due to cascade effects. So one thing goes out. Who knows when it's going to come back? You don't know. You don't know. In any scenario where every modern means of communication has gone dark by eight days after a large solar event, everything else has gone dark too. That includes food, fuel, finance, transportation, everything. And the hardest hit, a lot of times really early on, are going to be the elderly and the sick because they they require power to keep them alive. You know what yeah. I mean? A lot of times. So Dude, those, the freaking Amish are going to just like... They're going to be fine. They're going to take over. Yeah, they're going to be the <laughs> kings of the world. Yeah, they're world. like, told you. Told you. We've been watching that. Told you. Rubbing their beards. Told <laughs> ah, you. Corona mass ejection, huh? They're going to make another table. <laughs> I don't know. What, do you need a fireplace? I need a fireplace. Huh? I got you killed. candle? Yeah. Horse? You. Buggy? Got them all. <laughs> Flint? <laughs> Fire starter? With no heating or AC, parts of the U.S. will be in dire straits really fast. Can you imagine living in Arizona? When AC goes out, oh my gosh, you won't be living in Arizona. Of, You'll be dead in Arizona. You will not get out of Arizona. You'll you be dead. Can't drive. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, awful. I never thought about that. Yeah. What an awful state. They, nobody lived there until it, air conditioning was invented. Yeah, I remember seeing like the population growth once. Oh, yeah. Holy crap. So man, or you should be doggy paddling until something comes. In your first. own sweat. Holy crap. Um, and then winters. <laughs> awful. I never thought about that. Winters in a place like Utah or Montana. 
It's going to be freeze rough. to death. I'd much. rather die that way mm. and then, than cook to death. <laughs> I know. Me too. Let me freeze to death. I'm just going to go up night, night. Yeah. You know? Sleepy, sleepy. Yeah. No trash pickup oh, anymore. F- garbage done. No running water. That all means bad sanitation issues, right? Yeah. Poop builds up. So here we get to one of the topics that is really hard to talk about. Vehicles. Yeah. This is a hard one. It's super unknown. Um, but here's one thing that we do know. After an event like this, fuel will be gone very fast. So doesn't matter if, you're, if your vehicle works or not. If you don't have fuel prepped, you're not driving anywhere, right? Um, and so I literally read like 20 freaking articles on this, and nobody agrees on anything. Like 20 articles, 20 different opinions. Yeah. So That's why I didn't add it in there first time. <laughs> you have to talk about it. But I know. So here we go. I found an article that I thought was really well done. This is from Wrong. Uh, no. <laughs> this is from futurescience.com. Okay. Um here we go. Was it from Motor Trends? No. futurescience.com. Okay. Any statement concerning Popular mechanic? Any statement concerning the effect of nuclear EMP on vehicles would depend upon de- details such as how your vehicle is oriented, like the direction it's, like it's facing. From the orient? No, how it's facing yeah. with respect to the nuclear detonation. So that right there is one of the biggest issues. Really? Yeah, because the way that it's um, facing, it depends on how this thing will hit it, right? Um, it would also depend on the height of the detonation, the gamma ray output of the detonation, right. the distance and azimuth of the detonation. Azimuth? So that's basically where it is at in space, I think, in, in relation to you. Um, and the local strength of the Earth's magnetic field between your location and the detonation point. So there are so many variables yeah. that, like, I don't know how you're going to figure all that stuff out. Uh, it would also depend on whether your car is parked outdoors in a concrete garage or in a metal garage. Obviously, the metal garage is best because it's like a Faraday cage around it. But uh, concrete is also slightly conductive, so it will help. Um, the main problem with an ordinary garage is that the electrical wiring inside of the garage will simply act as an EMP antenna, like you talked about, and will re-radiate it's got the EMP. Got a way to travel. Yeah, inside that. of it. So, there don't is, ever park your car in the garage. Don't park your car anywhere. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. There has been testing done. I'm just but, gonna park it all ski wampus, like pointing yeah. the weird. I think this is the safest this is perfect, way. Perfect. Perfect. It's EMP direction. I'll always pulling it this way. There has been testing done, but none of the tests were conclusive or well-funded. Like, one of the tests that—I think we actually talked about this last time, a test that one of this, these You'd government think agencies Tesla did. would sponsor something like yeah. this. Um, so, the test, they said, can't be really—it's not a great test because the people who did the test were required to fix any car they broke. Hmm. With their own money. And so, because they just borrowed it from all these different government agencies. Hey, bring me your cars. Bring me your cars. And so if they ruined them, they had to fix them and get it back to them. So they're like, it's not a a great test. That's a flawed study. Um, Again, a lot of people say, your older vehicles, are they're good. They're immune to this, right? That's not necessarily true. Um, During that Soviet high-altitude test over Kazakhstan in 62 that Cam talked about, rugged diesel generators that had no solid parts were burned out by the E1 EMP. Wow. They had no they had none of those uh 
you know, new fangled computer crap in them. An important international electromagnetics conference in 94, after the breakup of the Soviet Union, General Vladimir Lobarev delivered an important technical paper in which he stated, the matter of this phenomenon is that the electrical puncture occurs at the weak point of the system. Next, the heat puncture is developed at that point under the action of the power voltage. As a result, the electrical power source is put out of action very often. This illustrates that even vehicles without an electronic ignition or other electronic components are not completely immune to EMP. Like your Model T crank is not necessarily protected. Not necessarily protected. The main advantage of a well-maintained older vehicle may be that it's likely to be easier to repair in this situation. Much less parts. And the damage would be less. So, so the worst thing about nuclear EMP and motor vehicles is that if you happen to be driving in heavy traffic when it happens, in this event, simultaneously, a certain percentage of vehicles will stop running. It might be temporary. Protect each other. Yeah, many more drivers (laughs) will be instantly and simultaneously distracted by strange electrical behavior happening inside the car. That happens all the time. Yeah, and people are like, "Whoa, what's going on?" Right? Wait, where'd my YouTube video? Yeah, and at the same instant, the traffic lights will abruptly go out into flashing mode. So all these things are going to happen at once, and basically we will have the worst traffic jam in history on Earth. Yeah. Right? Um, so bad deal with the cars there. So vehicles, I mean, in general, really would be a nightmare. Anyway, yeah. even yeah. as running. In conclusion, your best bet is an older vehicle. I mean, it's the best bet. Parked in a metal garage with spare parts available. Bicycle. Yeah. <laughs> but there's no guarantees. Your, your brand new Ford could be great. Your Model T might be done. Yeah. We don't know. Yeah. So there you go. There's vehicles right now. I don't know, man. You're in trouble. You're in you're trouble. Gonna get, you're going to get beat up over that one. For sure. I know. Power strokes are immune. <laughs> they Allison, Allison Diesel is basically a Faraday cage. Uh-huh. Exactly. Um, Allison transmission, that is. Um, one thing I need to tell you about, though, uh-huh. our devices are all still working. Right now, they our are. Our computers are still mm-hmm. working. So we still need to be careful. Yeah. Cyber attacks can happen at any time. They can. But unlike... The scenario that we're in now with the pandemic mm-hmm. um, of being sick, being ill, our devices are vulnerable mm-hmm. to be taken or EMP destroyed. Yeah. But hey, there's a way that you can protect yourself online. Mm-hmm. Get Surfshark VPN. Make your network virtually private. <laughs> <laughs> Literally private. So a VPN makes you basically go gray man online it'll shield your information you can go surf do whatever and you're protected no one will know who you are they can't track your ip and you're safe no longer worry about malware phishing obnoxious or unsafe ads that pop up all the time in every freaking website Mm -hmm. if you accidentally click on one don't you don't have to worry about it if you're using surfshark get notified quickly also if your email or password is leaked with their hack lock id protection also, not only does Surfshark protect you, it enables you to have a better time. You can go and stream content from a different country. It's beautiful. Because when you connect to their servers, mm-hmm. it puts you and your IP in that country. Yeah. So, obviously, nobody's going to track you if you're in France, but you're not really in France. Good luck, Jason Bourne. <laughs> one subscription, one single subscription covers every device that you own, no matter the operating system. So you're not having to pay for a limited devices, you know, like yeah. Nord, for example. Yeah. You get five only. Fast, unlimited access, 24-7 support, risk-free. You can try it if you want. But it is dirt cheap. Mm. Not cheap. 
inexpensive. Yeah, there is. <laughs> Go to surfshark.deals slash casual preppers and enter the promo code casual preppers. You'll get 85% off <laughs> and three extra months for free. I liked it so much that I purchased it myself with my own dinero. Yes. $47.76 gets me 27 months. That's $1.77 a month. That's bonkers. It's freaking insanely cheap. Yeah. Oh, you didn't say it. You didn't say it. Inexpensive. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't paying attention. Go gray man. Online. Mm. No malware. Fishing. Unsafe ads. Don't worry about any of it. Mm. Get it today. Surfshark. Yes. Do it. So, what's our protection plan? How are you going to protect yourself from these EMPs? Just go to sleep. Guess what? Food and water, it's not going to get vaporized by an EMP. <laughs> but it's going to, the availability is going to go down. Yeah. So, um, water, the, like I said, doesn't spoil. But um, you need to have some on hand for every scenario. We say this all the time. So, one gallon per day per person. So, I have five people in my family. Five mm-hmm. gallons. Five times 30. 150 gallons. Blue Jeez. drums, 55 gallons. I need three of those to last 30 days. Holy crap. That's crazy, crazy to think how about. Much. Yeah. Um, a case of 24 bottles, I calculated it's like 3.1 gallons. So safely, two cases a day for living. Holy crap. <laughs> so I need like 48 bottles yeah. a day to, 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 for all your conveniences of cooking and yep. um, drinking. Obviously, if you really rationed it, you would hate life, you could but you that. could get, yeah, you could get by, but this is the safe, nice, comfortable way. Goes fast. So mm. it's hard to like store all that. Mm-hmm. So essentially three of those blue drums is 30 days for five people. Bonkers. Um, water filters are obviously super important because mm. they're not electronic and the rivers, even though we may have confused you, they <laughs> won't dry up. They're going to still be they're there. They're going to be there. Yeah. Bodies of water are still going to be there, like lakes and rivers and humans. You can filter. <laughs> they're a little, little piece of water. You just filter that blood out. I'm surprised mm. they don't make something like that. Blood filter. Oh, man. Life straw. I taste a little penny-like, but it's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, and learn the different ways to treat and sterilize water. Yeah. Um, food. 9,200 calories for five people is what I calculated. A um, day? Yeah. Holy. Because, you know, you go like 2,200 per adult. Yeah. And then the kids, based on their age, mine were like 1,000 and then 1,800. That's a lot of calories. Yeah. So I calculated for two weeks uh, or for a month, it's two thousand or 276,000 calories. Oh, my gosh. So all of my food that I have, mm-hmm. I don't, I won't even make it 30 days. It's crazy, isn't it? It's a lot. I mean, the 2,200 calories is, you can go way this less This is than comfortable that. living. Like, right yeah, now, you can cut the it last down. month, I've been at 1,700 calories a day. Yeah, see, you can cut it down. You can do it. And you can still be healthy. Yeah. I'm just... This is that. That's that average daily yeah. comfortable amount. I think if it's an SHTF, I'm you're like, not going I'm, to be. Eating I'm coming like down a to king. 1,500 exactly. calories a day, probably. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and my kids, I think in a day, is like 800 of real healthy food. Mm-hmm. And if we eliminate the snacks, we can get by by 800. Exactly. <laughs> we probably can. Um, so uh, your foods ha- also require energy to mm-hmm. make some of them. So it's kind of a good thing to break down which foods are going to require water and energy to prepare mm-hmm. and then your other ones. Um, I've kind of tried to separate that out a little bit. I'm like, like this, the, like the packs that need water and the other ones that are just ready to go. Yeah. Um, so an inventory is super important for food And it's storage. so hard with food because there's it's so much. Hard. And to rotate it yeah. and to make sure you're using it and it doesn't expire. Last year I actually went through with But I think the inventory of, is like the biggest yeah. thing with food storage. I went through with all my food storage last year and counted calories. So I have 
from last year at one point, I have all of the calories that oh, I have. Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, nice. And I need to go all the way. So I know how many calories I have. My two wise food buckets that I have, mm-hmm. I'm just looking at those. They're 19,000 yeah. calories. So that would get two buckets, won't even make it a week if we ate like normal. It's weird. Normal. You think that should last longer, but it, it doesn't. It sounds like a ton. Yep. Because like, it's like one person, one week, you're like, oh, there's a lot in there. It's divided up. Not, Not really going to last that long. No. Um, and obviously... With the EMP, you're going to knock out restocking of food and supplies. So you've got to think about all those little things that you don't have now that, like, I realized I was out of, like, some of the macaroni. I didn't tap into my, like, long-term food yeah. food supplies. Yeah. So, but I'm just saying, like, the stuff as needed, not knowing when things were going to be back and going normal, I didn't have a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> So other things to look into is, you know, get those chickens, get those mm. ducks and hamsters and ferrets. Beautiful. Things that are going to replenish your food supply. Like how many yeah. eggs a day do you get with three chickens? I, I get, I have four chickens. Oh, you have four. And I get three to four eggs a day. See, that's during, awesome. Like, yeah, I could basically feed a person. Yeah. Just from that. So every day. That's a good thing. Yeah. It's a great thing. Fishing and hunting. Good luck. Yeah. Again, like, that's going to be tough. Like excellent, great food. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Might Everybody. last a couple weeks. Yeah. Like might right have a now, couple the weeks. mountain is completely packed with people. Yeah. Um, eat your refrigerated foods first. Good idea. We talked about that because you're, yep. you're going to lose power. Mm-hmm. Make sure you focus on those first because that's all going to go bad. Unless you're in the winter. Yep. But um, And then focus on some of the things uh, to focus on are like fruits and vegetables, uh, sugar, salt, spices, rice, honey, beans, wheat pasta those things that store longer that don't mm-hmm. require a lot of energy to prepare um powdered and canned cheese those things that just make crappy food yeah better. for sure um and something and, i've been thinking about too which i actually put on my list um w- was cooking oil whiz? cheese whiz cheese whiz uh cooking oil oh yeah getting a bunch of extra that yeah I can, seriously that i can push through because we were you, we were like half and we were kind of yeah. starting to wonder about what we're going to do It's going to be a pain in the butt to cook something without oil or butter. Yeah, it is. You know what I mean? And you don't have a cow. It tastes or so a much goat. better. You don't. Yeah. You're in trouble. Yeah. So, anyways, that's this, like some of the basics yeah. of ways to get ready. These are the common things we talk about a lot. Mm-hmm. Of, but, but do it now. Another one of the things to think about is actually money, you know, your emergency fund and all that type of thing. What do you do? You know, how do you get prepared for an EMP? So, the first thing is obviously have cash on hand. As soon as the EMP hits, your debit card. It's worthless. You can't do anything with it. Yeah. You can show it to somebody. Look, I have a debit card. You have no idea how much money's in there. You can't do anything with Trade. it. Trade. So have cash on hand. Um, you can break in. Yeah. You can smear <laughs> um, shit story, spackling anyways. on really well with yeah. credit cards. Utilize that cash in the immediate, immediate aftermath. If, you, if you're smart and you're looking at it, you're like, this is going to be a long-term thing. I can, I can tell what's going on. Utilize that cash. Get rid of it. Use it. Because there's no telling how long it's actually going to be worth anything. Yeah, buy the things you need. Yeah, Buy the things you need right away. Use it all. Um, Because it could change from cash to a barter system really, really fast. Again, physical gold, silver, those are another way to look at, you know, Maybe that's what the currency or trade will go to. I don't know. Maybe. I don't um, some people say, you know, have hard copies of your bank statements or hard copies of anything of value because if you had a bank statement that maybe said you had $20,000 in the bank, maybe that would help you in some situation. I don't know, but 
you could think about how it's good to have hard copies of that stuff anyway. It is good, yeah. Split up your savings into different banks because if one bank gets hit on this side of the country, maybe you have a West Coast bank that isn't hit yeah. that has some money in it. You know what I mean? So think about that. Number still exists. Yeah. Um and the last thing is think about bartering items. What are those items? We've talked about this a million times too. Have items that you can barter if you don't have cash. Yeah, Ammo, for sure. meds, food, water. I always worried about that like that stuff. American blackout. Remember he's in a van with his family, trying to get gas, and he's like, yeah. they don't have any cash. And they, they're like stuck. ATM doesn't work. Even though your car might not be working. Yeah. <laughs> so so um, meds and hygiene, just real quick on this. And I talked about how important it is, whatever your disease is. <laughs> like, know everything about it. Like, your favorite disease, just know about <laughs> yeah. it. Oh, this is, this is, I've had a lot of interest in this one. Love tuberculosis. Cor- coronary artery disease has been a popular. <laughs> My family's always been into tuberculosis. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But, like, no alternative meds, because if you're scrounging, scavenging, or trying to barter for certain things, you need to know what alternatives you can use to keep your butt alive, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Um, And get 90-day supplies so you don't have to worry about seeking medical attention for refills. Dude, I've got a 90-day supply of the one that I take, and mine's not, like... Something I have to take. It's Viagra. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, uh, that's one problem I don't have, actually, with my body. There's millions it's of other ones. But that's Yeah, I need anti-Viagra. Um, but it's so nice to know, like, I look at that bottle, and it's freaking full. I've got 90 days. Like, holy crap. Yeah. And Something it's happens. easy to do, and most, and most insurances will, yeah. will do that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you got me there, son. I put reproduction be dramatically slowed. Yeah. When we're talking about it's true, though. Yeah. It's not what I'm meaning. I'm <laughs> yeah. meaning pill reproduction. Yeah. Um, there's a lot. So, where it's, a, if it's a CME, mm. major issue there. Oh, yeah. If it's a EMP, like a lot of insulins and stuff are produced in like uh, Holland and, and everything. Really? So, you could still have production. It's just going to be slow to get it into your hands. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the real important things, we, we've seen TP become a hot commodity. Mm. So toilet paper, deodorant, toothpaste, you know, yeah. uh, all that stuff you don't want to be scavenging for. You don't. Um, and then the med kit, basic stuff, for bandages, band-aids, and then your over-the-counter meds. They're all readily available today. Like, stock up on some of them. Get your ibuprofen, yeah. Tylenol, stomach pills, things like that. And then if you can, antibiotics are always good because you never know. You might not be able to get in to see a medical provider. Yeah. Amoxicillin, doxycycline, cephalex, and cipro, m- almost all of these are available in fish antibiotics, and they're all the same. So. Yeah. That's good stuff to think about, man, because an EMP, oh, it's good. If you, if you oh, have a, a something medical-wise in an EMP, oh, boy. And the, yeah. It makes have that 90% that. seem more realistic. It does, for sure. Like 90% probably will die. It's true, man. So, um, one of the things to think about is a Faraday cage or a Faraday bag, right? Um, basically the term Faraday bag or cage comes from the scientist Michael Faraday, if you didn't know that. Oh, Micah F. Mikey F. Who (laughs) observed that under the right circumstances, excess electrical charge. My name's Michael Faraday. (laughs) I propose. My friends call me Mike. Um, he observed that under the right circumstances, excess electrical charge moves through an exterior conductor and has no influence on anything inside the conductor, right? Makes sense. So a Faraday bag or cage is made of a material that blocks electric fields from passing through it. The bag not only protects electronics from being fried by an EMP blast, they also block radio and cellular signals to protect critical technologies from being hacked. And we all know who does that well. Silent Pocket. They have great stuff they for hack. that. 
Yeah, exactly. No, they they have, they make the great, the great stuff for this, right? Excellent stuff. So in theory, anything you put inside this cage or this bag would be shielded from an EMP or CME damage. Some of the things you, sh- you should consider putting in a Faraday bag or cage are communication devices, right? Light sources, solar panels, batteries, backup computers. And solar panels, that's one of those things that may not actually be uh, affected by an EMP. There's debate on yeah. that one. Screw you, uh, son. Yeah. You knocked out of power, but I need energy from Backup you. <laughs> computer. Uh, those types of things. Like I said, you can purchase pre-made bags or cages, or you can make one mm. yourself. There's some really simple ones I that you can make. I saw some cool ones. Like- yeah. Um, you basically, you can make get a simple box and put layers of aluminum foil around it and have a way to put something inside where it's not touching the foil, and that's a Faraday cage, right? Um, an ammo can with non-conductive inner layer, Faraday cage. Bird cage, completely metal. Faraday cage. A metal trash can. It's a Faraday cage, guys. Okay? That one's cool. Yeah. Um, they actually make gun cabinets and some metal storage cabinets that actually say they're EMP-proof. Oh, like really? they say right on them, EMP-proof gun cabinet. So Have they tested it? Hmm. Little baby nuke hmm. right next to it. <laughs> baby nuke. Take them to Russia. Russia will test them for them. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I actually found some EMP-proof beanies to protect your head from EMPs. <laughs> what? <laughs> I know, but they're they're obviously they're made for wireless radiation, like to block out wireless radiation oh. from your head. But holy crap, that is so weird. I'm, I was like googling stuff about it, and then like this first thing on like, my Apple earbuds. Oh, that made it. I'm <laughs> a beanie on this Google Shop or whatever, and it was like EMP beanie. I'm like, what? <laughs> Ooh, on earth would have that? Nice. But I guess you could wrap something in it if you had to. My brain's got a lot of tech in there. Um. <laughs> A microwave can also be a great Faraday cage. That's what I remember yeah. us reading about. You can that. actually test the effect. We read together. <laughs> what? I said, I remember us reading about that. Oh, yeah. We read together. We read together. We, just, our nightly <laughs> we trade reading. off every paragraph. <laughs> there is a simple yet, there is a simple way to test the effect, effectiveness of a Faraday cage. Place a working cell phone in the cage and try calling it. And if it, if it doesn't go through, then your Faraday cage is working. Yeah. I've been wanting to do that with my silent pocket. I'm we gonna, should try it. I'm going to do it tonight. We should do a video. I was going to. So the hard part about all of this is that you don't know when this EMP is going to happen. So you basically have to keep this thing in this cage or bag all the time. You can't use it, okay? All the time. Yeah, so your iPhone, Yeah. what are we at, 15, 17? 11. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to be, I mean, if you're using that one, yeah. Yeah. So there, Your old one, throw it in there. There is a thing called EMP shield. It's basically supposed to be a whole home protection for EMPs. What was that? Big old shield. Yeah. <laughs> like Captain shield. America. Yeah. Where is it coming from? So there, it's like it's like a surge protector thing that you put in certain places. It's supposed to protect your whole house. I don't know how that's ever supposed to work. Why don't they build a cage around Earth? That's a good idea. Asteroids won't get through. Uh-huh. EMPs. <laughs> they never try anything. Let's just try I'm it. I'm so done <laughs> with this Earth. <laughs> put a cage around this place. <laughs> uh, at least around Utah. No Let's kidding. try that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe the Mormons haven't tried that yet. You'd think they would. <laughs> Seriously. Um, good idea. So anyways, Faraday cages. Put all that donation to... That's right. Work. Alternative power. You got muscles, don't you? The end. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. So um, we don't know what it's going to do to generators. Because we talked about how that small engine and Russians have shown that it'll destroy mm-hmm. them. They may or may not work, but it's a good idea to get one and have one. Cause you're right. I so this weekend I went and camped 
at a cabin at Spirit Lake, mm-hmm. and there's no power, and it's not very easy. <laughs> Did they not have a generator on during the night? No. Oh, jeez. In my cabin? Yeah. No, nothing. Because we used to actually have a generator that we'd turn on at dusk till about 11 p.m. Freaking jerks. I know. Freaking <laughs> They ghetto. don't do that anymore, huh? No. Well. So it was like. Coonrads ain't running it no more. You can <laughs> no. tell. So it was like prehistoric, you know, and I was yeah. like, well, I have, I had several battery packs, so we had some light, but I'm like, I was only there for, <laughs> you know, 12 hours, and I was like, this kind of sucks. Yeah. It's hard. Kids don't know what to do with themselves, and I want to kill them. Yeah. So it's going to be really horrible without energy and power. You're right. So a generator would make life a lot easier, and there's solar generators. Even though the sun just blasted everything, it's still there. F you, sun. I need power from you right now. <laughs> I'm take power. it anyway. <laughs> um... But yeah, and you can buy battery packs that may or may not survive, but if you stick them in a Faraday cage, I think they'll be okay. Yeah. There was like a 15... But how are you going to charge it? 15,000 milliamp with solar power. Oh, There's yeah, solar that's power right. If you, son. <laughs> yeah. That's my dad I'm talking sorry, I'm to sorry, me. I'm sorry. That's my dad talking to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, these these battery packs are pretty cheap. Mm. and like Inexpensive. The, one, the ones that, yeah. The, <laughs> the ones that like ca- jump... The car. What's that? Uh, Mugu? Gulu. <laughs> Mugu. Gulu. Mugu. <laughs> Is that like a Chinese dish or something? It is Mugu Gaipan. Mugu Gaipan. Mugu, gai yeah. um, Mugu all over. What's it called? Chow mein? <laughs> <laughs> Is that one of those Mugu soy sauce? Got um, the noodle. <laughs> yeah. Sushi chargers. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Okay. They're super inexpensive. Yeah. And you can put them in a bag, protected, and you can, I ran a fan all night off from mine, okay? I ran did? I ran did it. Oh. Runned it. Wasn't I rack? Was I ran? <laughs> I ran <laughs> yeah. powered I get uh, fan, which I hate more than anything being hot at night. I agree. So... Anyways, um, and then there's a lot of hand crank things and river and wind turbines that you can get. Water Lily has a really cool one. Yeah. There you go. That's how you can get That's energy. That's if the rivers are still working. <laughs> that is. Okay? <laughs> super bad EMP. Blow it right off the earth. That <laughs> EMP was so big. <laughs> it blew. That wave just blew all water off into the sky. <laughs> it's going to rain for the next six months. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a wind blast. Like, poof. Yeah. Poof. Blows all the water off. That would be We're bad. stupid. Okay. Um, so there's some equipment that they think won't be affected. We're we going on two hours now. <laughs> it's only an hour and nine minutes. We're doing okay. 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 There's some equipment that we think won't be affected. One of those, again, maybe, is solar panels. They think that they're going to weather an EMP pretty well. They will suffer some damage, they think, reducing their output by about 5%, but they're still going to work. They're going to give you 5%. <laughs> I know. So, it'll take nine weeks to charge your battery instead <laughs> yeah, of exactly. 10 or eight weeks. 18 to nine. <laughs> Not bad. So, they'll still work. Anyways. <laughs> they, do, they take so long. The problem with that is, is the solar charge controller used to charge the batteries and the voltage inverter that convert the batteries to 120 AC, oh, yeah, yeah. we're going to be destroyed, so you just got to figure that out, okay? You got a really fancy reflector. Exactly. <laughs> Very yeah. nice. Or you can patch a hole in a wall with it or something. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> he's for something. Oh. Right. I wonder if they'd work as a Faraday cage in a way. What? Solar panels. <laughs> I guess. The panel themselves, like... Glue them all together. <laughs> I'm getting energy from it, and I'm protected from the energy. Perfect. Um, simple electrical devices such as appliances, power tools, wind generators may work 
probably work as long as they don't have solid state electronic controls. They think, but again, no one knows Spinning what the hell they're disc. talking about. HHD, I feel HDD like, drive. I feel like nobody knows what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, You're getting a lot of great either. information. Put here, everything boys. in a washing machine before <laughs> <Yeah>. EMP. <laughs> I just put everything in my microwave. <laughs> Pretty good. I got like nine microwaves <laughs> in my basement full of crap. Just throw all your phones and your iPads in the washer. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, safe. Turn it on. We're safe. Um, there's a possibility that battery-operated electronic devices such as cell phones may survive an EMP, especially if they were in metal-roofed or concrete buildings. Yeah. This is getting wacky, but yeah, they think those wacky. might work. So that's a thing. Those are some of the things that may be okay. But I wanted to tell you something, Cam. Today's <laughs> podcast is brought to you by TacPack, the only monthly tactical subscription box with useful professional-grade stuff inside. Use our code CASUALPREPPERS. Get a free separate bag set of EDC gear along with your first month's TacPack. Head to TACPAC.com. Use our code CASUALPREPPERS. <laughs> Do it before an EMP hits. Seriously. Seriously. Yeah. Do it. Super good stuff. Do it. Okay. Um, one thing that won't get destroyed is paper, notebooks, and books. <laughs> Unless you're at a telegraph office, then it might. That's true. It'll just start on fire. Yeah. Um, we talked about this before. Uh, you can print PDFs, and if you didn't have time to study how to use a ham radio, you can print... <laughs> Or have a book to tell you how to do it. Yeah, sure. That's what I'm putting it off for. Good idea. I'm just going to get a book. Yeah. I'll read it when the time comes. What else do I got to do after everything's dead? Gather water? <laughs> oh, no, that's it. Search for a river didn't get blown away? <laughs> yeah. Now that creek's gone. <laughs> <laughs> the ditch back there's broken. <laughs> Canal's evaporated. Canel. Now what are we going to do? Canal ain't there no more. I don't know. Um, where am I going to float down this weekend? <laughs> Nothing to do. Just a bunch of dead fish in the bottom. I guess I'll read some PDFs I printed. <laughs> yeah. But that's what I'm talking about. Um, A lot of that, people are always talking about, it's not very useful, a book, you know. People are always talking about it. People are always <laughs> saying books are dumb, stupid. <laughs> I hate books. Reading sucks. But a good library mm. will pay off because you'll have things to do. Yeah. Things to have. You can still teach your kids mm -hmm. to read. <laughs> and um, But a lot of medical, like, skills... That's the thing that's really hard because you didn't go to medical school. Really hard. Really, really hard. <laughs> really hard. Um, but those medical books are uh, available to anybody. You don't have to have a medical license to get them. <laughs> Guess what? Amazon has them. Great. But then you could, you know, work on some skills while you're in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to practice suturing in the dark. Maps and roads, roads that are on maps. <laughs> maps and roads. That stuff can all be printed and you can have on hand. But anyways... Um, Build your library. Yeah. That's all I got to say. Because <laughs> paper and awesome. books are not going to be destroyed. I actually I actually used to be a Kindle book reader, but I've... It's not going to make it. It's not going to make it. So I've, I've, I've transitioned into being a paper book reader. Yeah. So... Well, digital stuff's way more convenient. It is. But it you really can is. store a bunch of PDFs and books and stuff on a yeah. device and throw it in a silent pocket bag. Yeah. Never... <laughs> Kobe was waiting for something else. I didn't, I didn't have it. You didn't have anything else. Burned it, out. It too, much energy, too much EMP. Yeah, I EMP'd myself. I think we just got hit by one. Yeah. Um, security. This is the last thing I want to talk about. This is the last thing we're going to talk about. So, an EMP situation, it's not super good. <laughs> okay? It's a bad situation. It's an SHTF, tuned out at this it's point. An SHTF scenario. Okay? There's going to be looting. There's going to be rioting. There's going to be lawlessness. All those things. Loosely lawlessness. Yeah. 
All those things are going to happen. And because of that, you're going to be scared out of your freaking mind. Yeah. So you got to have a security plan to stay safe so you can get some shut eye. <laughs> yeah. All right? This means, you know, and I put this as the first thing. It's not going to survive, but a security system at your house. An EMP. It may. ain't going to do dick, but <laughs> you're going to have it. At least you'll have the signs outside. At least it's there. Yeah, the <laughs> I mean, sign. At least you got a sign to put yeah. outside. Oh, He's got a security system. Oh, ADT, I'm out of here. ADT. What, Vivint? That macaroni's not worth it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want it. Microwave's probably full of cell phones anyways. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> in, a, in the event of an EMP, go for people's microwaves. Yeah, go right for them. We've got a bunch of stuff in here. Yeah. Um, have defensive weapons, shotguns, rifles, handguns, bats, knives, all those things. You got to have a way to protect yourself and your family. All on you. And your microwave. Yeah, all of it. You got to have it on you, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, Self-defense. Understand how to defend yourself if there isn't a weapon available. It's going to be important. It is going to be important. You know what I mean? Learn how to punch somebody in the nose. <laughs> all right? Kick them in the groin. It's like you said, in the nose. Like, <laughs> nut nose. Yeah, yeah, in the nose. Nose. So learn self-defense. There's True. many many different self-defense types out there. Figure one of them out. Um. <laughs> Make sure your home is fortified. Good, solid locking doors and windows. You got fences. You got shrubs. And you got uh, around your windows and stuff. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where I was going with that. But let it all grow. Let it all don't grow. Don't trim any of it. Don't trim your grass. I keep telling my wife that. Yeah. I'm like, this is for stealth and defense. I'm trying to save your life. I want this bush to cover everything. Yeah. Um, and, you know, keep a good watch out for the crazy people during an EMP because you're going to... You, oh, you're going to find them. You're going to find They're going to find you. They're going to find you. So, you know, get a good buddy. Yeah. And take turns. Watch. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Maybe find that one that has good skills at being a night owl. Yeah, that's the thing. My wife will take night shift, that's She's, for sure. My wife's the same way. Yeah. So I'm, the women got the night shift <laughs> and we got the day shift. You guys working on night? <laughs> yep. Um... There's, there's that other stuff that we had, like the Fife, Fife, Fife? Fifth Ops, yeah. Fifth Ops. Had pretty yep. cool, like, little uh, mm-hmm. uh, Claymore-like things, you know? Yeah. Trip lines. There's a million, like, we did a full Doesn't episode. Doesn't require any energy. Yeah. We did a full episode on home security, so you could go check that out. Yeah, check it out. Because we talked about all that stuff, like the Fifth Ops, and we talked about, like, the film you could put on your windows and bars. Yeah. Bars on your windows. Or around Earth. Or, yeah, around the entire Earth. Hopefully that comes into... One of the least the state of Utah presidential elections. Oh, who knows what they're going to talk How about? About a Faraday cage around Earth, my vote. Yeah, is in. I will vote for whoever says <laughs> Faraday cage around the planet. Right now, multiple reasons. dedicating my vote to that person for sure. So, I think that's it. That's EMP takeaway points. Get a bigger microwave. Yeah, or several. Yeah, you know, it's not the size; it's the amount of microwaves <laughs> you have. That's true. <laughs> you know what I mean? Have multiple. <laughs> Yeah. It's good storage. You just never box. throw them away. That's the thing. No. When you get a new one, you keep the old one. Yeah. And get a light one to carry around in a riot. Mm. Don't get the big one. Mm. Light one. And that's it. That's it. Thanks, guys. I'm Cameron Hardy, and I approve this message.